Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Happy Monday. Uh, the last full week of trading where we don't have a day off because of the holiday. We're going to see that obviously next week, but because of Christmas. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that's going to mean in this market trade today. But we saw some higher numbers in the cattle, even though towards the end we lost some of those buyers. We're going to talk about what's happening there. We'll look at what the movement is in this grain complex and more importantly, it is already the holiday feel that is blending in. Too much eggnog over the weekend to hit these markets. Kyle Bumstead's joining us. Kyle, of course, is with Allendale. And I heard you kind of chuckle there, Kyle, in the background. But it is that holiday feel. And I think we need to start just to reiterate, because there has been some confusion. Markets are open all week, and especially on Friday through the normal trading time. Well, that's right, Susan. First of all, thanks for having me back. And yeah, um, yeah, don't don't uh, don't let the Christmas party start too early here on Friday. Uh, there's been some confusion out there. People saying that the markets close early at noon. They do not. The markets close at normal time on Friday, which would be 105 for the cattle and uh, 120 for the grains. They stop trading, and you've got the equity markets that'll be going uh, all the way until uh, four o'clock there on Friday as well. So uh, the only uh, abbreviated session or, or what we'll have is we'll have no markets on Sunday night. And uh, let's see, no markets uh, on Monday on Christmas, but Monday night, the markets start back up. So we will have that to deal with here uh, next week. It is a shortened week, but for this week, we have a full week of trading, folks. So let's take a look at what you saw in this cattle market. Uh, nice to see green feeders did excellent on the day. Kind of give us your rundown of what you saw within this cattle trade. Well, they kind of had a Christmas party starting on Friday there towards the close. Uh, I was on the road and uh, had a producer call me and say, why are feeders up? Well, feeders are up because I think we ran out of sellers there uh, last Friday. And we had some spillover uh, follows through here uh, early today, started out and uh, looked really good. But uh, we still finished a couple dollars off our highs, which uh, basically looks to me like we ran out of buyers uh, short term here. I'm not saying that they won't come back in here and try to you know, cover some more shorts like uh, you know, they've got a big short position on here. They added to it here last week and in the case of live cattle. They uh, pared down their long position a little bit more. So I do think that uh, we basically, you know, had a vacuum trade type develop here. We just ran out of buy orders here after the last couple of days here. And we've got some open prints there down below. We could go back and try to uh, fill here from early last week. There's some unreversed closes on the charts down there that they may want to go back and try to get. But uh, looking here at the index, the index is down here again today, about another 92 to 94 cents here in the cash feeders. And uh, I do look for those uh, cash feeders to start picking up here, hopefully uh, right after the first of the year. So can the feeder cattle keep this momentum going this week? That's a good question. Um, that's that's a that's a good question. It's a loaded question because we're <laughs> starting to run out of sales here because uh, this is the last full week and a lot of sale barns are closed now until after the first of the year here. After this week, nobody wants to get cattle in on holidays, although there are some producers that are wanting some special sales and I think there'll be a few special sales. So, you know, really got to keep your eyes on that one there. Um, it is possible here from a technical standpoint, we could keep some momentum going in these feeders, but we need the cash sales out there to kind of help us keep pushing along. I also heard that there's some Saturday kills that are moving in. So that's got to be some optimism. Well, that's right. The margins kind of moved back into the black here for the backers. And, uh, you know, we're still uh, we're still about a million, million and a half. Where I think we're about 1.5 million heads short of last year. Uh, as far as production goes, but uh, they've got some incentive here to keep killing. And uh, I think that there's a possibility they're going to keep doing that. So then here comes the big question. When can we see cash take place this week if we've already got this holiday feel going on? Well, I think cash is going to be steady to higher this week the way it's acting. 
Uh, last week, uh, it was kind of doom and gloom early in the week. We started out at 167 uh, in Kansas there on a few ke- on a few uh, head there on Tuesday. And it's been kind of a hedger's market. Sell early in the week because you'll take less money by Friday. But this past week, they uh trying to get some cattle bought up here for the week this week. And I do still think that they've got some inventory in front of them. Uh, a lot of these cattle that were sold last week or two, three weeks out yet as far as delivery goes. So they are getting a little inventory out there. But cash did trade uh, just a a little bit better than people were anticipating. We got up to 169 here in eastern Nebraska, western Iowa. Uh, there has been some hints of 170 out there, but I couldn't confirm it. We did trade 170 in Kansas on Saturday, 170 in Texas on Saturday. And I think the offers this week down there are 172, and offers up here in the north are 170, 171 on a live basis. And uh, 272 to 274 on address basis here is what feed yards are offering up at. So is there any optimism from the hog perspective? From the hog perspective, it's a good question. Uh, I'm I'm a seller of hogs just because there's uh, I, I just think that the hog market's a little bit overvalued and and I mean we've had a steep drop and from a technical standpoint we're getting up into some resistance points and uh, hogs are tough because after the first year you start gearing up for other holidays and pork isn't very popular uh, with some of these holidays after Christmas. What are you looking at for this trading week for these livestock? Because, as you mentioned at yeah. the top of the program, it's got that yep. holiday feel already in place. It does, yeah. We do have a cattle on feed report on Friday, and uh, I do think that there's going to be a lot of, uh, I think there's going to be some pre-buying going uh, into that just because uh, people are getting pretty optimistic here. We still have some cattle in front of us. We still got you know record weights out there, so that's still an issue that we're dealing with. But uh, for this week, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of pre-Brian take place ahead of this cattle on feed. And we got to keep in mind the funds, uh, the the non-commercials, they're short feeder cattle. And uh, they're still carrying a little bit of a lengthy position here in live cattle, but they're more neutral. So they could step in here and cover at any point in time. But most of these fund managers, you know, they're starting to wind down the clock on their books, too. And they've made some good money and they're starting to just kind of, you know, go on idle time here into the end of the year. And consumer confidence, what are you seeing? I mean, have you heard any holiday preparation numbers yet moving off those meat counters? That's a good question as well, too. I did talk to a, a large grocer uh, in the, I guess I'd say in Iowa here over the weekend, and he said it's been a little bit tough. Now, that depends on what area as a whole. It's been a little bit slower moving some meat. It just depends on the area you're in and what kind of uh, what kind of economic growth or, or, or what kind of economy you're dealing with there. Whether you're manufacturing or if you're a, you know, retail economy, then, uh, you know, some of the retail economies have been a little bit slower. Uh, but the, uh, you know, manufacturing has been good and people are eating beef in those areas. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half. We did, by the way, see some higher numbers on the midday for the soybeans, but a corn and wheat. Uh, maybe they're starting to be a little bit more married at the hip than they have been previously as we saw some lower <laughs> trade happening for them initially. We've got a lot more coming up. Stick around. It is the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids and the other regional brands along with Channel Seed are merging in 2025 and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I'm extremely excited about this to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed professional. 
Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. And soybeans were higher. We saw corn and wheat move to the uh, lower type of trade. Let's, let's kind of start off the fact that it seems like corn and wheat might be moving a little bit in sync right now. Well, that's the way it looked today. But uh, when you look at the corn complex, we got to hold that 470 low there we had from uh uh, I think it was a week or two ago. That's going to be the ultimate support here. We did go on and uh, take out last week's low there. Uh, it was around 470, uh, 477 area. We took that out. So um, I am looking for corn to find a little bit of support here. Uh, they did. Uh, we did see some uh, net short covering here. Not necessarily going long by these non-commercials here as far as the commitments traders, but just some short covering there uh, in the corn last week. Wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit of a, you know, uh, what do I say? Turnaround Tuesday here in the corn complex, but you're basically trading a range from about 470 to 490. That's going to catch you know the majority of the range right now. Wheat complex. I don't know why everybody got so bullish wheat. They said it was a massive short squeeze, but when you're trading variable storage rates uh, and there's uh, you know 100% carry in that complex, you know I don't really see there's much uh, bullishness as far as the wheat goes, other than some short covering. I think that's what corn saw last week, and I think it's a possibility. We could see some of that short covering take place here uh, into tomorrow. Now, the soybeans, obviously, that's weather-driven. Once we get after, once we get uh, into the 1st of January here, we're going to be starting about the 1st of what would be our equivalent up here in the States is the 1st of July. So that's going to be getting into some uh, really watching the weather forecast here out to see uh, what we have for rain and, and heat down there in South America. So okay, the best thing I can look at there is going to be looking at that uh, May-July soybean spread, and that's at $0.06. Cents. There's not a lot of carry out there, so that's telling me that the commercials are still concerned here about what's going on in South America weather-wise and that we need to keep our eyes on that picture. Now, if that spread starts to break, we start to build more carry in there in those months, then we're, then the commercials are thinking that, uh, you know, we probably got a bean crop down there. Having said that, I mean, that's going to put a little bit of extra pressure. Is that going to affect our basis? What are you thinking um, we should be looking at? If you have beans in the bin, what should be you looking for? Well, if I had beans in the bin if I, in, in their hedge, I'd be rolling them out to try to capture some of that carry because we did have a pretty decent amount of carry from that. Uh, you know, no, the Jan had pretty good carry in it. When that went off the board, Jan to March has got a decent amount of carry in there, had a decent amount of carry in it. So I'd be looking to uh, roll those out and probably sit with a little bit. If you want to protect that, there might be a cheap option you can use out there. I mean, you've got corn volatility at 52-week low. You've got soybean volatility. That's low as well, too. So if you're looking for some sort of re-ownership or cheap protection on this stuff, volatility is very cheap. You're not buying a lot of juice out there. What's your thoughts on exports as you look at those weekly export numbers? That's a good question, too. We've seen these exports uh, sales pick up here after we've seen overnight uh, markets. You know, they're higher. First first off in the overnight session, they start off higher. We see them bull spread a little bit, and, yeah, we, we've seen that. So that's the kind of activity you want to see um, to get those export reports. You want to see these markets higher um, overnight, and then uh, they kind of drift back during the day session. Then they start to uh, reload here, you know, midday. That That's when we've seen our biggest export sales come through here. So to me, it looks all right for now. The question is long-term, what happens down there in Argentina? Tina, if they get this export tax revoked or whatever, and uh, to see see how their export situation gets handled down there, um, you know that that's still a big question. But for now, we'll take the export business to all the export business we can get. Yeah, and everybody's kind of watching what's going to happen with that peso as we move into twenty twenty four, and they're all concerned what's going to ha- what Mile is going to do there, you know, with his export tax and things like that on a number of things. And I think that's going to affect more than just uh, soybeans. I think it'll affect wheat, and I think it'll affect some of the petroleum markets as well too. So as we look at, uh, and like we kind of discussed on on the livestock side, for these grains, a full trading week, uh, what should we be looking for? 
Oh, I'd be looking for the volume to start winding down here once we get through about Wednesday. A lot of traders are going to, you know, close things up here. Some, some are even just, some even just took the uh, week off this week here ahead of Christmas, and they'll take the week off after uh, Christmas and the New Year's. And some will even, some won't even come back until we get to the middle of January. So, uh, we do have a quarterly stocks report at the end of next week, and not this week, the end of next week. So, we'll get a kind of an idea what the government thinks is out there. Of course, you know my opinion on government reports, but uh, whatever the government thinks out there, then the talking heads will take care of that say well this is what's out there but it's really not true because the basis and spreads tell us what's out there every day so um there's going to be a little bit of preparation for that but i look for the volatility to start winding down here even faster once we get through the middle of this week all right what are the things are on your watch list for 2023 as we wrap up this trading year Probably the cattle on feed, even though it is a government report. Uh, the cattle spreads, we're going to be watching a lot of those here, going to see what they think, uh, you know, as far as far as the, uh, you know, what was placed in the month of December going into January, because we're already trading January's cattle on feed report, and we haven't even gotten one fear that they're going to give us here in December. But, uh, you know, in order to, to visit more about that, you'd have to contact me, and I'd, I'd visit with you what I'm looking at. Uh, as far as soybeans, export sales, that uh, May July bean spread, and also looking out here at this D24 corn, you know, you're starting to, you're trading about a nickel range around 510, you're trading from around 5 to 515, and uh, you get towards 515, it's been a sell, you get down around towards 5 bucks, some guy's been covering shorts, but uh, definitely want to keep an eye on that D24 corn out there, you know, might be some time, might be some time this winter here to uh, get some hedges put in place here, or at least some short-term protection. All right, best way for folks to get a hold of you. Call me here at the office, 308-708-7340. All right, that has been today's Channel Final Bell. The Channel Final Bell is brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professionals. We always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's been today's version of the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. <music>